0: are listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger. You're with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And today we enter the realm of field recordings and a field recording record, at least predominantly, in the form of Kiyoshi Mizutani's bird songs on Ground Fault recordings from 2000. And uh, yeah, Kiyoshi was a member of Mertzbau in the 80s. Um, possibly best known for that although you know has a, a wealth of solo work out there too i think we talked with joe about the uh disc on Povertech, the early works disc and
1: also of course uh pure cd <laughs> the millstone uh, millstone
0: pure cd correct correct
1: as well as this incredible series one and i think this is the first series one ground fault cd we are discussing i believe done a couple series threes but thought this would be a good time for a CD on birdsongs, right? Again, sometimes we like to f- go with the with the weather. It's summer, it's here, and we've had some cold records uh, these past couple episodes. So I think we're we're bringing the nature inside for today's episode. But of course, before we discuss this fantastic CD, great, what have you been listening to?
0: Well, uh, old friend of the podcast mammal released a new tape, one foot in the fog and not quite what I would call noise, but certainly in my recent listening. And of course mammals made plenty of noise and noise tapes and albums throughout the years. Uh, this one's a little more, a couple songs and a couple sort of rhythmic pieces on it. And, uh, always just stoked to hear new stuff from mammal. It is on his band camp. And I believe he's making more tapes to come out, uh, Soon. So there's a first run of twenty six copies, and I think there's gonna be more coming. I, mean, I know you guys got that too, but maybe haven't had a chance to spin it yet.
1: It literally arrived five minutes before we hopped on this meeting for what, this episode. What so an exhilarating mail Yeah, day. It has been a while. I, I know for for all three of us the p- past couple days has been uh an onslaught of some incredible yeah. mail. So if that, that'll be parsed out throughout uh some upcoming recent listenings for sure. But yes, we have not gotten a chance to listen to it, even though yes, we did get it off the band camp, just wanted to wait for the tape and uh, we just got it. So we'll of course be popping that in pretty soon. If you remember
0: a few episodes back, I mentioned the Dave Phillips, don't hurt me for your pretty CD and tribe tapes who did that. uh K2 demise symphonica I was raving about recently did a new Dave Phillips tape called humanity is the virus. And it is Weird. I thought it might be good to kind of settle into the zone for this because that other tape was field recordings and awesome. But this is like weird grunts and crazy kind of maniacal vocals and loops and electronics and layers of all all these things. It's a it's a pretty wild tape. And I don't know. Just stoked to hear what Dave's doing always. So check the check that out and good tape. Really, really. Like curveball style, which was cool because it wasn't at all what I was expecting, but I should have learned better than to have sort of preconceived notions of what Dave Phillips is going to do when I throw on one of his releases. Mm. Correct. And uh, another thing that had come in the mail recently the Ain's Soft Sigillum S cassette on Cthulhu from I think 1987. A uh, good split tape of some Italian noise, uh, esoteric and madrigal ambience and occult industrial sounds uh, on this cassette. Uh, Ansoff continually just kind of morph around this nebulous idea of, uh, uh, things unseen and sigil MS, of course is just great with the sort of ritual chanting, sa- industrial vibes and great tape. Uh, stoked to grab a copy of it i think it's been issued on cd and lp and whatnot a a few times now this is you know there's two tape runs cd and lp so you can get your hands on that thing and it is definitely worth a listen you know and and i was in a friend's car the other day and they played like a a record that's i'm never really sick of hearing selected ambient works too and uh (laughs) Those friends were the Connolly's, actually, so this might be in their <gasps> recent listening. Oh. This is true. <laughs> but uh, Apex Twin Selected Ambient works, too, which I think we listened to the entirety of.
1: <laughs> yes. is I mean, there's never a bad time to listen to that, but I think especially... I love... That's one I love listening to what in the drive. car. a drive.
2: Oh, it's so nice. It feels... It, it adds this, like, magical atmosphere around you. It feels like you're in a bubble in your car. And actually, I'll I'll tell a story about
1: specifically listening to that in cars years ago when i was still in detroit and this was at the kind of the dawn of when this became a thing but i was in fact an uber driver in in, back in michigan early era of ride when it it had just sort of started right and i would listen to afx when selected ambient works volume two while i was driving and i I got more compliments. People were just always like, "Oh, thank you!" Like whatever this is, like thank you for playing this. Like especially when I would drive, I because I would drive people to the airport a lot, and they're just like, "I've been so stressed all morning. I this is like perfect to relax to." So I'd I'd play that a lot. I'd play uh, pop ambient comps a lot, but one only once in the entire time I did it mm-hmm. did somebody they got in, it was on, and they just go. Apex twin and I was like, "Yep," and they were like, <laughs> "Then we just ended up we ended up talking about Twin. and then we ended up talking about end up knowing you know people and of course and like one of those, but it was only once did anyone actually point it out, but it was actually, uh, yeah, great. It's I just I like that, especially when you're driving and the chaos around a car and no matter where you're at, if you're driving on a highway, you're driving in a city, when when inside is that, I mean come on, that's, that's, I think some of the best stuff to listen to in the car.
0: My regular car jam is actually selected ambient works, 85 to 92. Right. uh, Which I had lost for a while and then like went back to visit my folks at some point and found the CD in a box of my stuff. So I have, I found like my copy of that from high school, which is, that's
1: great. And I, and I think, I think a great, that would be great. I think kind of finding the, perfect guest to do an aphex 1 episode i think would be oh. absolutely important to do at some point for sure there's a whole but, realm of great uh,
0: ambient oh, stuff yeah. out there i mean yeah oh, we can yeah. talk about that for days too probably oh so. i I'd,
1: I'd talk about the i'd talk about richard d james i mean that records absolutely insane um but yes other things we've listened to we've been in a big 666 volt battery noise zone, and it's true. Happened to come across a couple tapes, including Family Annihilator on Slaughter, as well as another weapon in the war against music on Spite. I hope I got that exactly right. What a great title! So all,
2: attractive.
1: All, all titles are, all titles are amazing. Yes, it mm. looks amazing, of course. One of the greatest logos of all time, Ugh. and I mean. The, his pure CD is just is one of the best pure CDs. And I think we really got obsessed with that last uh, a while ago, maybe sometime last year. And have just really fallen in a big 666 VBN zone. Uh, it, And it's just, wow, what a, what a great zone to be in. It's just really, it's kind of like perfect noise. It, it never, mm-hmm. and, and, it, and it's true noise. Like it's not cut up. It's not, you know, wall, It's it It constantly moves, but it's constantly just perfect. Noise. Chaos. Yeah. 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 It's really, really incredible project. Uh, of course, uh, rest in peace, rest in power. uh 666 full veterans, And of course, he was also Tidal, which the the Tidal cast a shelter um CD on Ground Fault. Uh, certainly one I want to do. I want to do at some point and was a, is a was a huge, huge CD for us. Uh, la- especially last year has been for a long mm-hmm. time But something about last year oh, It was a big CD And of course it's Title Cast a Shelter And Igor uh, Igor whose name I won't even try to pronounce Because I will butcher it But is that Through a collab That's amazing But Incredible stuff there As well As a CD I know Is near and dear to Gray's Heart And that would be K2 Metal Plakia Metal Plakia Oh, metal, metal pl- yeah, metal, metal, metal no, po- K mm. two music, alchemy. I mean, that one's so great. And and what's so the, the liner notes are really what are so great about that, right? Like more obsessive than White House, more or more, more sensual than geometrico, more obsessive than White House, more confusing than early Neubauten and, and something about Mer- maybe louder than Merzbauer or something like that. <laughs> the liner notes res- are excellent. I don't Bris- even necessarily know if that's if i would check any of those boxes but i love the hubris and i love the i love the i agree uh sentiment i love the bold statement hey why do it
0: if you're not the best or at least if you don't think you're the best
1: i agree and that is such a great one again i know we've been over on the patreon we've been we're we're doing the k2 noise tournament series and we're just really you know obviously we've always loved k2 for forever all of us but we're really, I think, more than ever understanding the breadth of his work. And it is some of it's it's, it's astounding, actually. Yes.
0: kindly you mentioned our Patreon. And I have to say, there is so much content there that if you are listening to this podcast and you want to support us while getting yourself a little something, you can subscribe to our Patreon where we have a new seven inch episode every week for ten dollar and up patrons uh it's one a month for the five dollar patrons and uh every week the connellys do a home time series in which they discuss a movie and also uh i hear a lot of like whatever terror is currently obsessed with you get a lot of detail on that especially if it's touched on in an episode you're gonna get some facts and uh and then there's the noise rumble series where the connellys are exploring their newfound love of wrestling well newfound i think you've done like 60 some episodes of this series so far right 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 yeah i mean it's
1: over a year but we still feel it's new but it's sort of yeah our our, our journey into the world of wrestling that started because of noise and yes and and yeah yeah and you know over on home time a lot of the movies you discuss actually just a quick plug for the uh incredible a Bleeding Skull book, the uh, 90s Trash Odyssey. I know we all just received this weekend as part of our Insane Mail haul. We're all if, just
2: itching to dig through that, that thing. If that sort of book
1: ugh. is something that is interesting to you, those are the type of movies we talk about over on Home Time. And not only all of that, but Gray's incredible trashware series where mm-hmm. he sits down with uh, a noise artist and discusses gear. And then, of course, that ends up branching off into other conversations and, and, but, you know, it's, it's a really fascinating talk. And and I, I think it's what's great about what, what Gray does is it ranges from expertise in, in all different, things from whether or not it's talking about pedals, whether or not it's talking about mastering, whether or not it's talking about, Hey, laptop, whether or not it's talking about more, you know, primitive recording. So it's all the gamut of all the different ways to, to think about gear in noise and it's, it's fantastic series. So Mm. uh, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, there's literally hundreds of episodes over on the Patreon. So if anything we yap about here, you want to hear more about might as well check out what we got going on over there. Yeah. Give it a it, shot, and Tara, you. What else have you been listening to leading up to this episode?
2: Oh, you know, I went down a, a, a internet hole on birdresearch.jp about all the bird sounds of Japanese birds because I realized that my Merlin app uh, from the Audubon Society only covers it mostly covers North American birds. I don't have the Japanese pack, so this has been just phenomenal um, listening to. It's things like this. Sounds really good, doesn't it? That
1: sounds amazing. That's a whistling green pigeon. (laughs) That sounds amazing. Sounds like the whistling uh, from Just Before Dawn.
2: It does sound like yeah. Just Before Dawn. I it wonder does. if it's based on that pigeon. It does. Oh, God, I love pigeons.
1: I got into a bit of a bird zone a while
0: back when I got that uh, Jean Rocher Birds of Venezuela record where it's like, reminds me actually sort of of the first track on this Kyoshi Mizutani where it's electronic sounds and bird sounds melding and mutating.
2: Yeah, and you can't tell where the one stops and one begins.
0: And additionally, throughout... Uh, the past year we have acquired more and more bird feeders outside my house and that has also brought lots of squirrels. Squirrels mm-hmm. make insane noises too which yes, I was yeah. not aware of but when they are mm-hmm. uh, trying to like protect or keep someone away or give warning they make some wild sounds. Yep. But there are a lot of different bird sounds around my house lately. We have like I think 5 or 6 distinct types of birds that I see. Like, just, you know, right next to my house in the bushes. Now, thanks to the feeders and, of course, uh, hummingbirds always buzzing around. And they've gotten really courageous to where, like, I'll be out on the porch doing something and they'll fly up like a foot away from me and just that, like, buzzing hummingbird sound. I, a little frightening at first when
1: you're not used to it, but hey. I love it. Yeah, they they are and they they'll they'll get. Yeah, they get bold, but hey, they go fast. You hear them buzz your ear. It's terrifying. But hey.
0: Yoshi Mizutani Bird Songs. And that is, uh, I don't know, maybe the most fitting name you could hope for for a CD, which is primarily uh, through six tracks, field recordings of birds. I mean, the last track, not so many birds. And the first track (laughs) augmented with some electronics here. But and there's also some sort of weird decisions going on throughout the disc that I think we're going to dive into
1: yeah definitely it's 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 there's a lot i would say the vast majority of it feels almost straight field recordings but he does manipulate some things and and even when we get to that last track you know i sort of have a feeling about why that track is placed there but you know we'll get to it when we get to it and you know we really start off here we start off with a pretty jarring beginning, actually. and And if you were just expecting to hear field recordings, your 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 expectation is thwarted here on this very first track,
2: yeah, I love the tone that's set. It's um it establishes that more things are happening than just a simple field recording. But at the same time, I think that the Effects that are going alongside um, of the benzui or the olive-backed pipit or Hodgson's tree pipit or Indian tree pipit, whichever you want to call it, that call I think it it just really enhances it, and it immediately I loved this album because it made me think of Mike trying to fall asleep at night, and then I'm watching a bird documentary, and all of a sudden that call happens, and it just rattles him awake uh, to uh, his chagrin.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think if you are aware that you are listening to bird sounds, bird calls, if you have set that tone, it is, I think, can be some of the some of the greatest atmosphere that you can set in your enclosure. Right. But if you are say not aware that there's bird sounds happening in your room and your eyes are closed and you are sort of <laughs> falling asleep. And then well I would say yeah, well then- I would say more towards the there's a later I want to say it's yeah, yeah we're coming up later three. on the track. That track would be great. Especially track four. Yeah. You there's could do that at night. night. There's certain bird sounds that yeah, would be the absolutely most jarring
2: thing to hear and shocking and not settling in any way. Well, you know, just like people, birds can use their voices in lots of different ways. They can warn you about something. They can call to each other. They can seduce each other with their the sounds that they make through their syrinx, through their little kind of, it's not vocal cords, through their throat flaps. Uh, so yeah, yeah, they can do all of these things. And I think that- The first track, it's not a soothing track. It's more of a startling and otherworldly track.
0: All right. We're going to get to that nightmare bird on track four for sure. (laughs) But this track, you know, maybe I'm guilty of listening to things too loud. and (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) You know, Benzui, I had on too loud. And I think it's a nice sort of (laughs) litmus test to or like an indicator to give you it's a nice indicator to let you know that you probably should not listen to this at full volume, and instead, I turned it down to about what the birds outside my windows sound like partway during this track, and I listened to the rest of the disc that way, because this has the obligatory field recording, you know, location recording bird chirps, but there's also this like garbled, twisted, glitchy sounding. Uh was maybe worried my CD was corrupt, but the bird sounds were playing just fine.
1: Right, and in fact, you did ask us, you're like, wait, is your CD do that? Because I'm worried that it's possibly the first track is messed up. Yeah. And we're like, oh, t- see now Tara, 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 Tara's gonna, Tara's I'm playing, just playing a bird song casually. now on her phone. <laughs> and actually, what's, what actually is interesting is that The when we were doing some research for this and listening to that track, Tara did find this bird uh, on a bird call site. And it was I mean, it was identical and I actually couldn't tell what was the CD and what was coming off her phone. And, And it just I mean, I know it's such a basic thing. Right. But it's it's it is fascinating that bird species have these very specific sounds and songs and actually do. It's not. I mean I know like it's the, like yeah, the, obviously that's what it, they do, but I don't know it's it is kind of fa- it's fascinating to me.
2: yeah, the idea of of something being born with an ability uh, without having to be taught uh, that ability. So like sure, they can hear other birds making a sound, maybe they're mimicking it, but how do they know it? That's what type of bird they are like it's i mean you can raise birds independently of each other and they make the same sounds um and it's just such a strange thing to be to have a pre-existing knowledge and it always tickles my fancy to think about the things that we're born knowing that we don't even know that we aren't even aware of
0: birds do communicate with each other via their their calls unlike say like cats who only meow to communicate with humans they don't they don't <laughs> talk to each other via
1: meows they use body language for that yeah the, but that that sort of manipulation that he does in this track is very jarring, and it is it, it sort of gives you this unease a little bit. Of like, wait, is this is this what's going to happen? Is this is he doing this on just the, on this track? Is, yeah, is where's he, it going to go? Is, what is he doing? Is he manipulating the bird sounds? Is he just adding electronics? It is sort of unclear because the 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 notes say that it's a bird singing on top of the mountain. I want to say it's a Tohono-dake. 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 But that's kind of all you get. You don't get that he doesn't necessarily let you know that he's manipulating it. But I mean, clearly that's you're getting electronics in this. And it's
2: such a beautiful representation of that bird's call. Like this sounds straight up like what birders live for is just getting such a clear representation of the call. But in addition to that. You can hear people mumbling. You can hear a fly in the background. Yeah, there's some um, buzzing. But-
0: there's a little bit of like mic, like wind interference with the mic mm-hmm. that's going on. And I, I actually appreciate that kind of stuff in yes. field recordings. It's not really an yeah. issue for me.
2: It's gorgeous atmosphere. I love it. I, but, I love. But that. then that sound that comes in, it just made me think like if you wanted to represent a temporal shift on a science fiction cartoon, that is the sound they would use. It's, that
1: electronic sound. It's like
2: missiles, um, crazy electronic shift it's not ominous it's just strange and then pipit's the sound of a pipit. <laughs> like it's so unusual so uh, it's unusual. like twisting metal uh i i absolutely love it but yes i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily it's the say it's a sound any of those sounds would lull you to sleep
1: but we're going to then sort of bring things down and bring things sort of more in a natural space with the second track. Uh I won't even... whoa, see you're good. You're see, you're so much better at pronouncing than I so am. So good. I
0: did take uh, some Japanese in school. I know. It's but so cool. It's, it has not stuck with me.
1: But I love then now here we are in this just incredible atmosphere, the rain, and then this solitary call. And it's just this ice iso- this intended isolation. And this now we're just, this is what a great field recording track to me does.
2: And the liner notes are so aptly descriptive of what we hear. They say weird calling of Teratsugumi, which is a white ground thrush and the midnight rain at 2 AM. When a dog barked, he has stopped a calling. And you hear right at the end
1: in the distance, you do hear a dog bark. It's not super loud, but you do hear it and then it does end. Right. But Man, I love that call through this. Right? Oh, it's, it's just, so this, like, solitary. mellow
2: and strange. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's a very, very slow chirp. Just slow. There is some sort of clatter in the background that I'm not sure what it is, but I, I think I wrote the word slow down during this track like four times. It's just slow. It's a very slow moving piece. Mm-hmm. And then, again, a field recording of The Rain I probably have like 50 of those on my various memory cards. Like, especially in California, it's like, oh, it's raining. Put this, put the zoom outside. Like they always sound good. They do. Uh, Sometimes record them on a handheld Walkman. Sometimes record them with the nice mic. Sometimes just throw the zoom outside. Like you're not going to be bummed on a nice recording of some 2 a.m. rain, nothing else going on. No one else outside, especially like a remote location. That's, that's what you want to hear.
1: And hey, the
2: rain muffles so many sounds.
1: Hey, I am I am a full on sucker. If a album opens with rain or wind, I fire. I mean fire sounds. Anything elemental. Yeah, like I, you can you can win me over pretty quickly with that. And I think that clattering is. I actually, I in my in my mind, it was sort of maybe maybe he put up like a piece of metal, metal. or something mm-hmm. onto it. like because it kind of like clatters on it but then it goes away really quickly I don't know if that's what he's doing it sounds like
0: rain runoff it does like it is yeah, collected a little yeah. bit and then it's dripping off onto something that is that is what I got from that clatter and I I dig it yes. <laughs> yeah very nice like when oh. you're like
2: when you're in a metal shed and the rain is hitting it yeah. like it's a it's such such a distinctive sound and i my my grandfather had a a metal barn and in the rain when you'd like go in to feed the menace so you could go fishing. Oh, uh, you would hear the lovely rain uh, on the roof; it was gorgeous. Yeah, I
1: I just love this track. And again, yeah, this is after the sort of more jarring first track. You're now you're sort of brought into what's more, you know, now kind of the palette that we're going to be working with for for most of the of the album here. Well, true. Hokoro
0: Hokoro no Mizuba is got this sort of rattled metal like uh dragging a stick alongside a fence or something you know where it's hitting each spoke of the fence but we're we're at a stream we're at a fountain and it's there's these weird little interruptions but we're getting just like the most pleasant fountain sounds and there's also sort of a a slow clunk of something going on there and i wasn't sure if it was one of those sort of like water wheel things in the fountain that's filling up and tipping over and and knocking mm-hmm. on something
2: Tara,
1: That's exactly what, you, what, that's what, what you said. said.
2: You, no, I, you said it. Yeah, I, have to I give thought you it you was an f- arm in a fountain like that. And then Mike also thought that it was somebody the, running something along a metal fence. fence. So no, it's, it's so exactly
1: funny. what I, well, we, we both and I, we both had those.
2: But these sounds separately. are so evocative. um Hokoro no Mizuba means the, the shrine of the water place. It is, so the liner notes say, there's a spring fountain near Lake Yamanaka. Many kinds of birds come to have a bathe. Like, how nice is that? And you just, yeah. like, while you're listening, you just think of, like, different types of small birds hopping around from rock to rock. Like, it's so, I don't know, there's, there, it's just a really pleasant sound. And we we couldn't find many interviews with Kiyoshi Mizutani, but There was a little simple set of questions that he answered about field recordings, and I really liked what he says about the musical element in field recordings. He says, I am made to think by the sound of nature. What is the music? The sound of nature contains a lot of musical messages. It is a signal and information from nature. It's a musical element included in the nature, and I'm interested in it.
1: I love that, and oh, I yeah. think it's true. Because, and I think especially in this track, I mean, for me, this track was—I was like, "This is when I'm looking for this type of field recording. This track is exactly what I'm looking for." Because you're bringing the na- the the nature atmosphere into your unnatural setting, and then it sets off the world. And yeah, the 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 water mm-hmm. does have its own rhythm. The, the 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 something rubbing up against a fence or whatever that sound is does have its own place, and I love that it. When you when you're obviously you're listening to this in, in an enclosed setting, it just adds this strange atmosphere to your to your home. And you know I think we talked a lot about this last year, and especially when when things were just come we when everyone was completely yeah. in, and we were getting very obsessed with field recordings, things yeah. like Eric Lacasa, things yes. like this CD, things like Francisco Lopez, Lopez yeah. where we were craving the outside of the confines of the place that we were all made to stay in. And I think that's one of the great things that these sort of recordings do. And now that, you know, even now that we can go out of our confines, it's still uh, such an incredible thing to bring into your home, especially, you know, like us living in a city when you can sort of shut off that city, but in your unnatural setting, your home, which cause it is unnatural. It is these, you know, these made settings, but then you put in this, you know, this, this shrine of the water place on inside. I love what it does. I love what it yeah. does to your setting. And
2: even when it is completely dissonant to your surroundings, that makes it so interesting. Like, yeah. like listening to this in the car and when it's hot, like it's, it's just unusual. And it, and it brings you, to a totally different state of mind and uh I, I just found i find it very interesting
1: you know what brought me to a totally different state of mind the <laughs> maniac bird that is on oh, tokyo Bay kind of bird. bird sanctuary <laughs> that is a terrifying sound
2: yeah well yeah, it is
0: i i called it a you know those those uh duck calls that you twist Uh, two pieces of wood together to Mm -hmm. chirp. I I put crazy twisted wood grating calls. And it's not quite that because it's got like a scrap metal timbre to it. Really? That bird is bird zerk.
1: (laughs) It really is. But then what's actually so interesting about this track. So it's recorded by an airport. So not only do you get that, then you get Mm. the sounds of airplanes. So you get the unnatural flyers, the artificial birds. Yeah. And then you get this terrifying actual bird and it is just so now ter- we I
2: looked co- at pictures of this bird sanctuary online it's it's like you literally see Tokyo behind it and, and now we couldn't
1: necessarily get the exact species of bird but you were saying that you this is a
2: it's, it sounds kind of like a cormorant like a cormorant uh like a fishing bird but who knows uh I I, I couldn't find out that's why I was in a in a deep deep hole but it does remind me a lot of that that throatiness. Well, yeah, it sounds that, like Yeah, like sounds like they're regurgitating blocks of wood. Oh, it is uh, nuts. This is the wildest sounding bird
1: on this yeah. whole CD. And then he had coupled with the sound of airplanes. Like I was like, is he yelling at the airplane? Like is yeah, he like, or it the like, or is he trying to match it? Or is he trying to match it? I
2: mean, warning calls and mating calls are insane. I mean, maybe, you know, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, is that is that called being messed with? Like I thought maybe it was going through effects, um, but I, I don't know that it is. I think that some birds are just like that insane and jarring and the things that they can do uh, with their throats. I mean, I'm sure everybody has heard crows make just wild sounds.
1: Dude, it's it, this, th- this would be this bird. If I was, you know, nearing sleep, falling asleep, in the hypnagogic state right yeah. what is hypnagogic yeah. what is that you know that you yeah. what's that word is that you word got that's, it. that's word? a word the and this bird came in came into our room this sound came into the room i would jump up i would i would be quite grumpy
2: well okay do you remember way back when we were first together when there was a bird that was imitating the um There was this really annoying alarm system at the warehouse next door that kept going off. And there was a bird that hung out in the tree next to our window and would imitate that sound. And one day I was just sick of it. And I sprang out of bed and I was like, today's the day, Mike. And I grabbed a kitchen knife. Uh, and I went outside, and he's following me. I'm not wearing any pants. I'm just wearing a t-shirt. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, walk outside. He's like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm gonna throw a rock at that bird, and I'm gonna stab it." <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, yeah, this and that is, is true. Absolutely true. This is true. I, I, I actually
1: forgot that until right now. Oh my when you god! Said that, I my anxiety
2: it. is raised so much Think about that. It would sit outside of our window, and go, raw, raw, raw. Sorry, apologies I, to everybody. I won't go on further. But it, it like perfectly mimicked. The alarm that went That's off. So right. the alarm I would start going this. off and then the stupid bird wouldn't shut up. And it was right next to our window. I, I would have stabbed it. Could I have hit it with that rock? Had you not stayed my hand, Mike Connolly? Thank you so much. That is why I need you in my life to keep me from stabbing birds. Cause I love them and I don't want to stab them.
0: I've never, uh, I've never <laughs> woken to like a bird in my house or in my room, but many years ago I did, uh, awaken to a bat flying around my bedroom, flying circles Ooh. around my bedroom.
2: Lucky. Oh, uh, so that cool.
0: that's terrifying because you could hear its wings brush the walls and there's just this uh. out of time and space three in the morning and you're awoken by a bat and then you get up and put the lights on. And yes, there is in fact a bat
1: in your room. Now, is this in your room or somewhere you were staying? This is in my room. It got uh, in, it. got so, in through the attic. So, I actually had this happen at a place I was staying on tour. (laughs) Yes. And there was a bat in the place. I mean, it was, I think it actually quite fitting in a way. Uh, it was, it would have been, I would have been staying with, uh, Matt Brinkman and Brian Chippendale. in Providence, (laughs) uh, back in the early 2000s. So it seems like fitting that they would have a, and I I think I even remember Matt saying like, Oh, by the way, like, Sometimes there's bats, like <laughs> like before I went to sleep, and a- and absolutely woke up to fluttering of a bat. So uh, yeah, I've had that, and it is terrifying. And it, even it's... though I was semi warned, you you it just happened to you.
0: It just happened. There was no warning. Ooh.
1: Either way, it's not a way you want to wake there's up. There's some birds not...
2: I'm really frightened by.
1: Yeah, and and are they called bats?
2: Not... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know what's actually
1: actually pretty eerie without if you didn't look into what track five is a recording of it would feel like it would be a very soothing and 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 placid track but the track five is in fact a recording of what is known as the suicide forest in japan
2: it's the it's the sea of trees.
1: Is what it translates to.
2: Aokigahara. Yes. Um, and, and so the liner notes say, here's a sea of trees. Many people lose his way in this forest.
1: Right. So already that little note gives you that little bit of what is, what does he mean by that? Right. So, you know, of course we did look it up and yeah, this is the infamous suicide forest in Japan. And it's, you know, it's, it's named that for a reason. There are an, an incredible amount of suicides have taken place in this forest, for a really long time there was a book that came out in the 60s that sort of a lot of people cite as one of the reasons that a lot of people go there to commit suicide there's a line where it talks about it's a it, it's a it would be a great place to die
2: but it's they- the the sound there it's very serene because sound is dampened um it's at the base of mount fuji so prior lava flows absorb sound more than they normally would And and the forest has kind of a an unusual quietude to it.
1: Yeah, but actually, there were people would go there to commit suicide before this book. So it really it's not because of that book necessarily, but I it did gain sort of more notoriety through Mm -hmm. that. I really like the bird
0: calls on this one, just because they're sort of repetitive and a lot of different layers of birds. So they're kind of all happening, but they don't sync up they're not they're not calling response really every bird mm-hmm. seems to be on its own cycle and it's almost polyrhythmic in that so it uh yeah it changes and then there's there's sort of like uh chimes or you know some sort of not, not kalimba yeah. or something but something uh some nice resonant metal that plays like a a little melody up close way closer to the mic because everything else feels really pretty far in the distance. maybe it's that sound damping maybe it's the just the vastness of the forest.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's a really incredible track. And and just uh, by the way, the book is called Tower of Waves, or at least that's what it's translated to by Saicho Matsumoto. And it's from 1961. And and part of the thing with the forces is, it's, you know, purported to be haunted by Yuri Y-U-R-E-I, which is uh, Japanese ghosts of the dead and. And there are actually signs in the forest that are urging people to not commit suicide and saying to think of your family and think of your friends. And that's how serious this forest is. And actually, in 2003, uh, 105 bodies were found. And I believe that's the highest number in a year, but many years it's in the 50s, in the 60s, in the 70s, up to this day, I mean, this it, it's it's still going. And so it is a really – there is something very haunted about this forest. And I think putting it in here and just – yeah, it's the sea of trees, right? You do get lost in a sea, Mm -hmm. and you can get lost in a sea. But sort of taking this forest and recontextualizing it in this more serene atmosphere, again, it just sort of sets it off. And I think that's where where Mizutani's art – Comes in, you know
2: that, and this track, I've it's it's so serene, like it it truly has this just kind of gentle wind blowing and the chimes. Like to me, I thought they were like hollow, hollow wooden chimes, and it it just really is just a vast and and peaceful soundscape.
1: Exactly, and and I think it's just these last two tracks. It's interesting to put these last two tracks, you know, near the end, so you have this. This serene, beautiful field recording, but then it's set off by of what it is actually being recorded is something very haunting. And then the final track is actually a recording of a city in China.
2: This is a sound sketch of City Nimbo in China. An old days Japanese mission arrived at the city to learn of the advanced culture.
1: And we should also note that it is says in the liner notes that one uh, Mr. Solmania uh, translated the yeah. liner notes so again. Just I love I love thinking about everyone. The connection together, is so right? good. But yeah, here we don't really get birds, right? But we get voices.
0: We get voices and and some sort of uh kind of plinky metal percussion going on again in this track, which I'm not sure what element that was, if that was something recorded there or added to these after the fact. And I, I took it as like students either arriving at or leaving uh a school or a station or something because I heard like uh, maybe like chains or the un- the chaining up or unchaining of a bunch of bicycles at the same time. That's sort of the metal clatter there took me to that and just sort of the way they're conversating with each other. Not that I can understand any of what's being said, but sort of the tone feels very casual and more youthful and easy. Uh, someone can correct that if they can actually make out what's being said, of course. But that's what I heard. That's what it. that's kind of the imagery it gave me.
2: It, it You know, it. I found it remarkable because it doesn't have like when you think of city sounds, you think of like honking and motors and engines and electric things. Like this was kind of, the city feels old. Like it felt like rolling carts and even the chains like reminded me of maybe like unchaining um, like a storefront or something like like open, opening up like a, a place to sell things. And, and I think that that is also why it was captured is that it, it's just such a unique sound for being, you know, in the heart of a city. It, it feels like um, a, a different world
1: no it really does and and Terry you actually had a had an interesting point when we were listening to this about it being a, re- a recording of a city in China
2: mm-hmm. because to us we don't know what they're saying and you know there's they're speaking Chinese and we have no idea what's going on but but also like maybe kiyoshi felt the same way maybe he thought it was just interesting that their people were kind of mumbling in, a, in another language that he can't quite understand um and then that foreignness makes it somehow become just a, a soundscape that's interesting in itself. And we're only speculative, of course. Maybe he does he, he might speak saying, Chinese. But, I have no we, idea. Or we, I don't know that they're even speaking. Right. Uh I don't know what language they're speaking. So I again this but, is that was postulation, but, but in it, my mind. But it was an interesting
1: idea because I do think that there is something about recordings with voices in languages that you don't understand that you know, becomes becomes abstract, right? Because you don't understand what they're saying, and you're sort of going with this rhythm of what they're saying. And so, uh, you know, whereas we we certainly didn't understand. Hey, it.
2: we're like the birds, like we're yeah. humans. Like maybe that's another maybe thing when we're listening, listening to other language, we have to just right. really go on the the volume that someone says it, and the inflection that someone says right. it, at the rate that someone says it, and the way they say it. And you know, you do feel like it. like many even before we looked up what some Japanese things meant, like we know kind of the feeling behind it. We know when we hear Garo, Garo, gay, 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 they're not singing love songs. Uh, I would say well, they're I absolutely mean, they're singing, singing love songs.
1: Love songs. <laughs> uh, I would actually, I completely disagree <laughs> oh, with what right. you had to say there. You're right. I'm i, think sorry. They're I very love songs.
2: I, re- I retract my statement. I,
1: yes. <laughs> but,
2: but yeah, you, you get my drift. Like uh, it's it's by by going on that that there's something nice about hearing a human voice and you don't quite understand. It's like when you wake up in the morning and you're a child and you hear people that are awake and you can't quite make out what they're saying, but somehow it's just like oddly soothing. But
1: maybe on this last track, yeah, maybe we're the birds, right? And we're listening, yeah. we're hearing what maybe the that's birds what hear.
2: the birds hear.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe. Well, Maybe and I that's do, what
2: it yeah. is. And birds know when you yell at them, they don't like it. it. scares them away.
0: It just shows the transformative power of both noise and field recordings and being able to take you somewhere else and put you in a different environment, even if you're still sitting in the same chair you always sit in.
1: Uh, exactly. And 100%. I think that's, I lo- that's what I love about field recordings. And that's why I think it's such a great form of, a great branch of you know, noise and what we talk about because it is right. It is, it's actually, it is very abstract. It is, it is, you know, its own strange composition that doesn't adhere to, you know, traditional composition forms. And I think, you know, that's what, that's the power of field recordings. And I'm, I'm really glad that we, we discussed this album. I think it's, I think the series one ground fault CDs are some of the most interesting and great ground fault CDs and, you know, there was a, we, we kind of bandied about a couple that we were going to talk about, but I, we just kind of felt this was a really good one for, you know, this time of year, bird songs. Of course, I think when the winter comes along, I think we're going to finally have to discuss what, you know, we've mentioned is one of our all time favorite, oh, yeah. CDs, The Lionel Marchetti CD. But, you know, you have the Eric Lacasa CD. There's so many great ones on, on these series. One, I mean, any series. Look, mm-hmm. you, the listeners, you know, how we feel about ground fault. I mean, and if you have not, if you're not completing your ground fault collection, I don't know what, what's stopping you. I think it, maybe now we need to read, you know, maybe it's just a reminder that if there's yeah, just some a you're little missing, reminder. just a little reminder,
2: attainable. There,
1: some that you're missing, go grab me. You, you can grab a lot of these still directly from Eric. I believe this is one of them that you can it is. grab directly from Eric. Today. Mm-hmm. Great, great. We will have the link up for that. So just make sure to pick it up. And yeah, I mean, really cool. First discussion of Kiyoshi Mizutani. Of course, like we stated earlier, you know, he was one of the earliest collaborators with, with Merz mm-hmm. I, I think some of those, some of the earliest Sufu tapes, he's, he's a part of Merz Yeah, Bao. in the seventies. And, and of course, you know, he's got, you know, his pure CD. So there's, there's a lot to go get into, but I think this is a really good introduction to his world of sound. And I'm, I'm glad uh, we got a chance to and it, talk about it today. Yeah.
2: And, you know, we listen to this and we also experience somebody listening to the environment around them and being inspired by it and if you live in a city and you need something to be inspired by this is one thing and then i also encourage you to look at pigeons and just really reconsider calling them flying rats because we brought pigeons to cities pigeons were brought into the early cities when they were being made by people who wanted to eat them we would use them as messengers. We would use them as a very stable and attainable food source. So pigeons are kind of vestiges of an older way of life that existed um, in urban areas. So when you see them, just think about how their ancestors were people's pets or people's messengers or maybe raised for someone's dinner.
1: Well, support pigeons and support ground fault.
2: You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com noiseextra and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noisextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us, and to noise.